fail. It's about time. We're there and squared. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It's Nathan, Scott, and GJ here bringing you a very special episode, something that we haven't been able to do very often and something that this show just doesn't really tend towards, which is news and current events. But we've had the biggest information dump on Warhammer the Old World since the announcement of the game. We all felt like we should talk about it, that there's enough here to do an episode, so that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go over the July 21st Warhammer community announcement about Warhammer the Old World. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about those things that we like. We're going to talk about those things that we don't like, then maybe give us some misgivings or stuff that we're just super hype about. Before we do all that, however, let's go and visit in with our hosts and see what is new and noteworthy. GJ, why don't you start us off today? What have you been up to in your wargaming life, or just your regular life? I'm not picky. <laughs> well, my regular life is uh, mostly strewn with uh, dirty diapers and <laughs> bottles of milk. All baby so, all uh, the time. <laughs> <laughs> all baby all the time, yeah. So I won't get into any detail on that. Um, but my hobby life, well, as a result of that, it has been severely limited. I did, however, manage to... Um, I think mostly finish up the the big end times Nagash model that mm. I have been oh, talking about uh, yeah. these past few episodes. Yeah, I put a put a few pictures on my uh, on my Instagram, and I ha- I don't know have I ever mentioned that I actually have an Instagram account on the I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Well, I I do have an Instagram account. It's uh, GJ's Workshop. Um, just everything together. I also have a. Uh, a WordPress blog by the same name, although lately I've just not had any time to yeah. update that whatsoever. Also, haven't had time to update my uh, uh, my fantasy short stories uh, and to write some new ones. But I will probably be getting back to that when life settles down a bit. Uh, so yeah, Nagash has been finished, except that I still probably need to do some some details, some pickups, uh, so some touch-ups here and there. Other than that, I've mostly been looking at the uh, Warhammer Fantasy First Edition roleplay book uh, because Scott actually you came up with this idea about doing an episode where the characters that you and Nathan created during the was it the Patreon episode? It was a Patreon episode. Dimset yeah. and Ludo, yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, shout out to the Patreon, by the way. Um, those characters that you created, that they actually should go on an adventure. So <laughs> since I I do have the Warhammer First Edition roleplay rulebook sitting in my uh, in my cupboard, I wanted to see if I could master the rules and make a little like one-off episode for you that we can record and uh, a little one of adventure and see how well Dimzet and Ludo actually perform in some real old world situations. That's so awesome. So it's mostly been yeah. uh, reading for me. 
Nice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Those characters were too fortuitous, I guess. They were they were just they were such a it was such a streak of luck that we both kind of got the same type of thing and we were able to make this backstory for them. So it was, I would love to it made itself. It? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would very much love to uh take them out for a spin and and see how well or or not well they do. Uh, I never I was it was hard to believe how tangible these characters were to to me. I think us like you agreed like, mm-hmm. like we were like, yeah, this is completely is it they're there. They're in the world. They're in Warhammer now. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Scott, what about you, buddy? Yeah, so we have lots of stuff going on. I'm just probably going to mainly talk about our uh, 2004 Storm of Chaos campaign. I haven't had this much fun playing Warhammer in a long time. And it's more about the uh, the games are really fun. But even the preparation is super fun. I've been putting together, you know, <laughs> extra undead. I haven't worked on my undead army in so long. I made some spirit hosts um, kind of in the fluff of uh, made a little story about Manfred going to um, northern northwest side, like Nagaron, Nagarite area. Okay, yeah. And he he followed a dwarf slayer army uh, in secret on its way to battle the dark elves. So, in the, in the aftermath of that, he basically took everything that was dead and raised it. <laughs> <laughs> that was his idea. Um, and uh, so I have some spirit hosts that are dark elves and slayers. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. It's kind of cool. Nice. Spirit hosts are really fun. Um, they're really good. And of course, for those of you who don't know, this is strictly sixth edition Warhammer that we're playing the campaign from. And uh, yeah, spirit. And I'm going back to the Vampire Counts book in the sixth and seeing the beauty of that. A fantastic book. It's a fantastic book. There, you know, sixth edition has limitations, but. As I dive deeper in, these limitations make me excited where you have, it's kind of like what you're working with compared to what 8th edition had. You have all this stuff. But I, I don't know, being limited sometimes is gets the hobby juices flowing. Yeah. Um, I've said it before on the show. I will say it again. Constraints breed creativity. Creativity, exactly. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I need them. Yeah. I absolutely need them. If you give yeah. me every option, I will sit there and just look at my options until the heat death of the universe. Cool. But if you tell me like, oh, you can make a thing out of these things. Well, let's wait for the yeah. old world, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. episode is its going to be a lot of cool stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, my next... I've been working on dryads. I've always wanted a full army of trees. So I'm close to having 48 dryads. And I'll have how many tree kin? I have lots of tree kin, so we're looking at you know twelve or so tree kin plus the two tree lords. So I think that'll probably get me at close to two thousand. That'd be fun. That's my goal is at least to have a two thousand point. So um, other than that, I'll talk quickly about my last game uh, versus Shane and his Slayer army. It was the first time I've ever seen the Slayer army from the Storm of Chaos book on the table in person. Rules everywhere. It was, it was, it's probably one of the most incredible army lists I've ever fought against. The Doomseekers are a nightmare. Um, a single model that doesn't count as a character, but it kind of acts like a character. And he's like, yeah, they're core choices. And I'm like, I, I somehow missed that. 
Because he had like six or seven of them. And these little, these six or seven, and they always strike first, even against impact hits. It's crazy. They just have all these, there's minus one to hit. They auto hit on strength five. The Doom Seekers killed my, killed two of my vampires on their own. It, it was insane. Wow. We ended up drawing that game. And, you know, one of the reasons is because of these, this Doom Seeker just did all the work that way. Man, that Slayer Army, why it's great um, is because if you're playing them, they never break or run. The most, the craziest thing about Sixth Ed is the unpredictability of panic and running away. If you know when your units are, where they're going to be before and after combat, it's much easier to play. So yeah, they just, they don't run away. So you know where they're going to end up. You, you're like, cool, I'll just flank, or I'll reform this way and get a flank charge next time. Yeah, it was really incredible to see um, an army play so much like the fluff. Yeah, I definitely want to try them again. They're really tough. Uh, even without armor, I had a hard time uh, shifting them, as you'd say. And yeah, so Storm of Chaos campaign. Thanks, guys, for everything. Uh, Patrick put that together. We have, you know, we don't have that many players. We have eight players. But that's, trip, you know, double to triple the amount of players I had back in the day. <laughs> so I'm yeah. super happy about that. Nice. That's awesome. I've played a couple of games since our last podcast. I played against Patrick for the Storm of Chaos. And then I played against Patrick again uh, last night. We did a 2000 point second edition 40K game. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll cover, I guess, the Storm of Chaos campaign first. Oh, this is so I. This is, I, <laughs> this is drama, folks. Yeah. So I lost. <laughs> I lost that game, and I was able to do a fair amount of damage to the elves. But he had three characters mounted on various flying things, all sorts of mobility and uh, various tricks and things up his sleeve, and that's not surprising to me. I've I've played Patrick's High Elves enough to know that. He really enjoys playing them, and he's he's quite good at playing them. And so my uh, yeah my poor horde of uh, Archaeon was was just taken apart piece by piece during that game. The big thing that happened though is <laughs> while we're doing this campaign, we decided to have our characters be able to advance or get injuries depending on how the game turned out, and. Unfortunately, I ended up losing all of my characters in the game. The <laughs> sorcerer was the only one that basically survived the game and fled off the table. The battle standard bearer was absolutely chopped to bits. And Krom, as it turns out, was captured. Because that was a thing that could happen in Mordheim, and we're just using the Mordheim rules. And so mm -hmm. we didn't really know what to do with it. And... We figured that should the elves capture him, it would make a lot of sense if they executed him. But just to add a little bit of drama, Patrick decided in his next game that his opponent would be able to either rescue or fail to rescue Krom. So I believe his next game was against orcs. And the high elves triumphed, I think despite the orcs coming very, very close to rescuing Krom, and so it was decided that that Krom was executed 
So a little bit of a uh, departure from the official I mean, fluff. That's what I would do. Yeah. And yeah, so I was uh, I, I suddenly found myself without a general for my forces. It was really funny though. I I had been thinking about making a custom Crom miniature because I, I don't have the miniature and right but he's not all that complex quite frankly like he's just a fancy chaos warrior with a sword and axe yep. and uh, a shield right. yeah. so he it would be pretty easy to proxy something up and now uh, i don't have to worry about that <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what, what are you gonna do now are you gonna have archaeon step up and yep. lead the horde so Archaon is going to show up at least for the final battle. Hopefully we get to do that. I don't know. That's kind of up in the air at the moment because of Patrick being in the Navy. He's actually got to sail out in four or five days from now. So we, yeah. we have a very short time frame if we I, get to do this big game. If not, it's not the yeah. end of the world, but it would be nice. I was just nice. thinking if it doesn't happen, um, it might be good if we postpone it. Um, we can actually, because a lot of us haven't played Siege, like some of the new guys. Mm. So it might be fun to practice Siege. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then have it ready when we, just because it would be a lot of, it's a lot of bookkeeping sometimes. But either way, it's going to be, it's great. I had a, I had a freaking blast. I can't, I'm yeah. going to, I'm really excited to play more Six Ed. Yeah. I didn't win a single game so far with my <laughs> Chaos Warriors. But man, I'm actually loving the army a whole lot. Oh, it's super so, cool, man. It it's good that, too. that Hell Cannon was so good in the first game, and in the second game, uh, Patrick, I guess, had encountered the Hell Cannon before, and what he did was he took all of his pre-game shooting that the yep. High Elf Sea Patrol list can do, That's so cool. and he put it all into the Hell Cannon. Of course. And he just, he only just managed to kill all three crew. Right. And then the Hell Cannon, because I had deployed it just thinking it wouldn't really need to worry about his shooting. And I, w I was almost right on that because the, the hell cannon itself is so tough that most of the arrows can't hurt it. I got lucky with a lot of it. Like it took him a lot to down the crew. Unfortunately, he did have enough shooting and the hell cannon just rampaged around my <laughs> backfield for the entire game. It did anything uh... that got close enough. It just ate. Uh, so it was, it was not the uh, MVP that it was in the first game, unfortunately. Yeah. It was really funny, however. So, I you know, you, you points for comedy on that one. <laughs> the second game that we played last night was second edition 40K. I took my word bearers and I also took some traitor Imperial Guardsmen versus Patrick's Imperial Guard. <laughs> That's the first awesome. time he had ever played his Imperial Guard. And wow. second edition is, is fun because usually there's a lot less miniatures on the table guard can still field a terrifying amount which we learned i i learned i guess when i showed up and he he showed me his army and i was just like oh okay well i've been lied to here because this is easily as many troops as i would see in a in an army in third edition or subsequent editions but that game was lots of fun we had some really crazy stuff happen i had the best first turn i've ever had maybe in a war game I blew up his wow. Lehman Russ. I blew up his Basilisk. <laughs> I did just a, a ton of damage to anything wow. that was out in the open. And he responded by uh, very quickly getting getting his remaining stuff into cover. And then it was kind of a battle of attrition through the rest yeah. of the game. And uh, he ended up coming out on top by a few points. Uh, he had a Chimera that absolutely 
just devastated me on a side. And that sounds so weird because they're just weird, yeah. troop transports. But one thing you should know is that in second edition, the multi-laser on the Chimera is no joke. It can fire a ton of shots. It's strength Jeez. six and it does D4 damage. What? So if <laughs> yeah, so if you're me and this thing like zooms into your back line and you've very carelessly left your uh, sorcerer lord exposed, uh, it can gun you down in one round of shooting. Oh, man. Yeah, one hit, and I then he just, I, I failed the save, he did four damage, removed. It oh. also killed my Chaos Space Marine Lord as well, because I, <laughs> I sent my lord to go deal with it because he had a uh, he had a power fist and a melted gun, and I was like, I can't just let this thing keep running around my lines, and apparently I learned nothing from the sorcerer, because he did the exact, like, I, it was the exact same string of results. I, I managed to fail my save despite having two really good saves, and he just rolled a four for damage, and it's done. <laughs> oh, man. I so the Chimera, the Chimera was the absolute MVP. It was a really fun game, though. I think it ended uh, 15 to 13 or something like that, so really wow. close. Just a ton of fun. And uh, I think my winless streak now might be somewhere around eight games. I was going to say, you. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of like, I, I feel like you just do it on purpose. <laughs> Man, yeah. I wish. Because then I would have an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you're really just run, running on this, uh, you're going to do like a Guinness book. If you could beat my 12 in a row, uh, power. power all, all right. Power yeah. <laughs> Scott, we have to play again because... Those like I, I feel like if we're playing, there's like a fifty-fifty toss-up of, of yes, either of us winning. We, uh, we our games are like pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that that orc and that orc uh, versus beastman was just it's one of those games that you know one arrow shot to the butt of my <laughs> yeah oh it was stupid bowl. fun just like yeah. wow that was fun and it, me you know on the edge of your seat the entire time right like yeah, yeah. that's really funny. Those are the best games where everything can happen, and in the end, yeah. the last turn, it boils down to a single dice roll. Yeah, oh man, so crazy. I am going to take a break from Infinity Leagues. I know I say that. I'm in four, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take a small break from that, because uh, I want to spend a, a more time on the hobby aspect of Warhammer. And uh, yeah, addictions, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get started on our main topic today? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's do that. Today, we're going to talk about the latest news from the old world. And I want to preface this with a little bit of a warning, not even a warning, just a, I am probably going to be a little bit more negative than maybe I should be today. <laughs> there's there's a couple reasons for that. The first one is I have kind of thought myself here <laughs> into being very suspicious of what's going on. The second one is I didn't sleep at all last night, really. I had the worst night of sleep I've had in years. Oh, me too. Uh, so I'm a little grumbly. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you're listening to this and you uh, you get about halfway through and you're like, man, why is he just so cranky? That's That's the reason. I think this was a info release that I was not expecting and is actually better than I think I was expecting to hear right. about this game. And as we go through it, I'll, I'll tell you the reasons why I have certain misgivings about certain things. But on the whole, I want to say if I come off... <laughs> 
more negative than I mean to here. It's not because I'm not excited. It's probably just because of one of those two things. But let's let's dive into this. So July 21st, we got a big information dump on the old world. And what I want to say to kind of begin this is when I had the idea for the War Games Orchard podcast, this would have been back early last year. I was thinking what we would do for for episodes and content is I really wanted to dive into the history of the game and do some retrospectives. And I've done tons of those. We've we've looked at things from fourth edition or, or even earlier all the way to eighth edition. That's been wonderful and that's been tons of fun. What I expected to be able to do quite regularly was talk about the upcoming old world. And it seemed like just a natural fit for a podcast that was going to be largely themed around Warhammer Fantasy and that I thought would speak to Warhammer Fantasy players because this was a big deal when this was released. It came out of nowhere and it really energized a lot of the Warhammer community. To date, this is episode 46 of the Wargames Orchard. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting close to a year's worth of episodes. Nice. And the problem is, this is our second episode on the old world, because there has been so little. If ever there was an update that was overdue, it was this. This should have come out in maybe early 2020. And I, I guess this is part of the reason why I'm a little cranky. (laughs) this is stuff that we should have learned about shortly after the announcement of this game because this is the basics this is just the very basics they're going with square bases they're going with a similar scale uh you know they're gonna pull from rules throughout editions and it's going to be themed like the old world should be themed why couldn't we have gotten that in 2020? Why couldn't we have gotten that at the end of 2019? This, these kind of decisions had to have been made a long time ago. And we've been kind of deliberately in the dark about this. And it's caused a lot of arguments, like baseless specu- speculation and rumors that turned out <laughs> not to be true. Yeah. And I love speculating. We're going to do some speculating on this show because speculating is fun. It's, it's fun to talk about possibilities. But it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth if these basic points of information are left out for for basically no reason. Like they could have they could have easily told us any of these things. And I'm not talking about spoiling the whole game. I'm just talking about throwing people a bone once in a while. Right. This is this has been the absolute worst uh, reveal of a game. I think I can remember because I'm all they in my seat do so much right now. All they do is is squander this incredible amount of excitement that had built up around the old world. For the longest time, we've had a really cool map that's been getting filled in. And that's awesome. But that's not enough. And the the odd drop about Kislev and telling us, you know, what's going to be in the Kislev army. Again, that's cool. But it doesn't answer the basic questions. And the fact that this is July 29th when we are recording this. And we have just recently learned that the game is going to be played on square bases and is going to be like an amalgamation of warhammer rules 
We should have known that so long ago. Oh, it makes me frustrated, but I'm sorry. Tell. This is, I'm already like. You fell for GW's so, plot. So deep I can't in. believe you fell for <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Like, <laughs> you totally fell for it. I'm like sitting back and I'm listening and I love that GW got you. Like, they're, they're the queens of drama, man. This is bad marketing. No, this they're is... just, they're so dramatic. But this that... is, there is no reason for this. Because this doesn't help me. This doesn't make me want to play the game more. This makes me frustrated and upset. But, but it's, it's caused your voice to raise in a different pitch. And that's <laughs> what they wanted. I guess. I guess if you're, like, if you were going clickbait style marketing for this and really want people to go off in every direction because that's where people have been going we heard rumors about the game being in in 15 millimeter in warmaster scale even like we've we've heard so much over the past year a year and a half closing in on two years at this point without real solid information on this game and we're finally getting just the 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 tiniest basics of it and it it utterly infuriates me because there should be this thing should have its own website by this point it should have developer diaries it should have concept art it should have anything that any other sane company would do to hype a game like this and you you you're just you just told me games workshop is good at hype they are very good at it that is their entire marketing strategy at this point is uh, fear of missing out and and hyping new products. That's what they do, and they've been doing it well for the past, what, four or five years at this point? Probably since 8th edition dropped. And then we get this, which is just so little. And I... Oh man, guys, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I gonna see. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, shut yeah, up yeah. here so we can no, we no. can actually get to the thing. I but... see nothing yeah. different than I've watched GW since nineteen ninety six seven. I see nothing different. No, I've but... been there. Yeah. We started at the same time. This, to me, is... And they change their philosophy so often on marketing and, and releasing miniatures. And mm-hmm. and I know that COVID slowed things down. I get that. But this is deliberately not even drip-fed. Because drip-fed is enough to keep you going. What worries me is that at this pace, when's the ramp-up? When are we going to see things actually coalesce for this game because we're getting basic game information at this point that is so basic they could have decided on this in the first week they probably have decided on it in the first yeah no it's all it's all a ruse man like it got everyone talking like it's all it's all strategy it's they planned this they they're doing exactly what they wanted to do but is this a good strategy it doesn't matter it's gw (laughs) okay Okay. that is the most truthful thing (laughs) no it's true it's like follow like gw is so their their marketing things are so interesting if you back years ago 40k rumors warham rumors where did i go it was called uh some kind of um private site oh what was it was it fate no there's a couple of them but i mean you would go there for your rumors Mm -hmm. gw just trashed everything and they they started doing their own so this, oh, yeah, is, yeah. this is following exactly what they yeah they doing. I mean they've been doing their own leaks for years leaks hundred yeah, percent <laughs> but it's yeah. like but they're they're so they were so smart at it that now I don't even go I don't even look at leaks anymore like I look at the leaks 
that happen the week before release because that's what they basically are now. Because mm-hmm. somebody gets the book, I, I think it's super impressive. I just can't fathom that this is the best way they could have done this, or even the oh, best way that anyone would have de- thought to have done this. Definitely because if you want to get keep way, people but... talking and you want to keep their interest, man, if give I them, count give the them sites. a lot of little things, right? Give us that concept art. Give us those developer diaries. Give us. A hundred percent. Yeah. Those yeah, of us definitely. who are are looking to see how this game is going to shake out. I mean, yeah, the map is cool. I love the map. Everyone loves <laughs> we the saw map. it like already. We've we've yeah. seen it so many times, and and yeah. yeah, it's getting filled in, and and it's it tells us more and more about the era. It tells us more and more about the game, but only so little, really. Like it, it's giving us a, a tiny snippet of the setting, and I guess I would have more patience for this. If we weren't closing in on two years since that announcement, it's and we still knew this two was two gonna... years to go though, or two or three, we at might least, not see probably. Every... Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't make sense for them to to release everything about it. I don't need everything. What yeah. uh, what I need is more content than we're getting, because what we've seen over the past few months and and over the past year or so is we've seen communities dedicated to warhammer the old world and people who are initially very excited about it and then we've seen the speculation we've seen the arguments we've seen people who maybe i I just don't know if you can sustain a level of interest for three four five years however long this game takes to come out with this little information well I don't think you can sustain a level of interest for everybody, but definitely for a lot of us, I'm including myself in this, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait those three, four, five years, and then uh, I'll see what, what happens when they bring it out. I mean, everything that they put out is more than we had uh, before they put it out, because now we have our old editions of Warhammer that we can play. We have some people playing... Uh, Age of Sigma, we have some people playing like third party games and that's all still there. It's, it's, it's not that they are taking anything away from us by not announcing it. It's, yeah, this is uh, a win. Uh, this is a win-win for them. It's Yeah, definitely. They saw, <laughs> they saw like the interest and they're doing it because they're like, whoa, look at all this. Look at all this. Um, look at all these uh, people on Facebook groups. There's so many Facebook groups with thousands of Warhammer Fantasy Battle uh, involvement. And they're like, oh, we can we can definitely market on this, and we can make money off them. They can make money, and it, they're going to no matter what happens when it's released. If we read the rules and we're like, no, we don't want that, we're still going to play and buy their minis. So this is the biggest win-win GW is going to do in a long time. <sighs> See, I don't I don't know if I entirely agree with that. But we'll we'll save that for for kind of closer like some of the the actual topics because yeah I, I would like to yeah I'll, I'll like to say that yeah. I yeah this is sorry this is <laughs> this is grumpy morning Nathan and uh, I did warn you guys um, <laughs> but let's let's start off and uh, let's let's get to some some interesting stuff here so the oh, well, first thing maybe a bit to um, oh, yeah. uh, to say the grumpy morning needs in a little <laughs> bit uh i do think you well, you mentioned covid a bit i do think gw may have overplayed their hand by the announcement which hit um if i recall correctly in november 2019 mm-hmm. and 
a little a uh, little while later everything went into lockdown they had this uh, huge lot of back orders that they couldn't post they stopped producing new miniatures they stopped putting them out um, I know there were some of those Lord of the Rings miniatures like uh, Aomer that had been hinted at the classic Aomer kit that was delayed for half a year uh, I do think that Covid may have had more of an impact on GW than we may realize from the outside. So I think they they had this planned um, to put out. And even then they announced it will be still years away and it's still very premature. Uh, all we have is we have a logo and we have this hint that it's going to be square basis. And I think this this update, which was... I agree with you, long overdue, and it could probably have been uh, announced uh, a lot earlier, but it was also delayed because of that whole COVID situation. So I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do agree that, yeah, COVID very clearly affected the company. They had a lot of supply chain issues, same that a lot of big multinational com- companies had during the time, and, and smaller companies as well. I guess my argument... I guess is the same that it was the last time we did an old world episode is just, I don't need much. I, I don't need much. <laughs> I, I like, I really don't. I, I'm not looking for sneak peeks on army rosters. I'm not looking for sneak peeks on rules or anything like that. I'm just saying devote the resources that this is worth which is give it a dedicated spot on the web page or its own web page. Just will, throw it, do a blog, a developer blog. Man, we'd, we'd eat that up. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be on that every week yeah. just to see what was new. Not a problem. I'm just saying that I don't think they're doing the bare minimum right now. Well, they're just going to do what they do me. now. This is what they do now is they make models and they write poor rule, bad rules. <laughs> so they don't they don't want to blog when they have nothing to blog for or with. Like they don't have anything to do. They're going to release models and then, okay, crew, um, let's take a couple days away from 40k and do the old world in a couple days. Like it's going to be, and they don't need to work as hard for the rules when they can just do what we're doing and. Mm. take take eighth edition and sixth edition and smash it together yeah, make them you know, or something like that yeah um but yeah they're they're yeah don't fall into their trap yeah. no i saying. i just i like this is this is such a big successful company i think they should be held to a higher standard with their products <laughs> and i don't think should. this is we talk about that every day though yeah we do like yeah. it's yeah. just no i and it, i know it's an old yeah. argument i know but it's it's just this is a big illustration for me of, of some of the issues with this oh I, I totally agree with you it's just um, don't don't let them don't mm-hmm. let them make grumpy nathan continue tomorrow and into <laughs> grumpier nathan <laughs> grumpier nathan that's true uh so guys let's talk about kislev yeah yeah because this is pretty cool i want to i want to get less grumpy here and this is this is something that i like a lot so we got a a, a closer snapshot of kislev and really? they've been busy yeah. filling in this map, which is is really neat. And when you're looking around on it, when you're clicking around, you can you can see some interesting things. Some of the things that uh, obviously that they point out is the fact that there are regions of Kislev beyond the World's Edge Mountains at this time. In the uh, Zorn Uzkul Plateau, the Skulllands, kind of to the north of that. 
at the edge of the frozen sea. It looks like there is a uh, a piece of Kislev. I am very happy with this. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and it actually, and it one of the things that has kind of been a little inconsistent about Kislev, and maybe not even inconsistent through the eras, but just an ignored piece of mm-hmm. fluff or lore was that the Gospodars, the or the dominant people of Kislev, they are native to that area. And they migrated over into what would become Kislev and displaced the uh, the other tribes, the Ungols and uh, the other tribes of that area. But it's nowhere said that they all left, right? And it, it wouldn't make sense, right? They, they had settlements, they had... And they were they're partially norm, nomadic, but they right, they, for sure. they were surviving there for a long time. It was one of their con queens who had basically a vision of Kislev and what it would become that that led a huge army over it and conquered and carved out this empire. And the fact that in this era we see that lore represented, and that's fourth ed lore, that's old school stuff, and it makes me very happy that they've been. Uh, looking to to those kind of early books and early ideas on on what Kislev was and what it could be, yeah, that that kind of tickles my my old school uh, mm-hmm. heart for that one. Some of the other stuff I I noticed on this map is is quite neat. We've we've got at least I think a little bit more representation for the dwarves of the the north, like the Norse that's, dwarves. At that's this really point. exciting. Mm-hmm. Norse dwarves, like wow. Yeah, yeah, which is another very old school idea. Uh, troll country is kind of a neat one too and i can't really see it too well to 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 zoom in on it but it looks like there is more representation from like the nation of kislev beyond the river that kind of in in the i guess current or later eras kind of forms the border between troll country and kislev it looks like perhaps troll country was a little less wild in those days yeah, a bit more settled, it mm-hmm. seems. Yeah, yeah. there's some yeah. markers there. There's a chaos There is something the there, and, that yeah. chaos marker. I wish I could read it, but... I know, I'm trying there's... to. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't quite get yeah. the... Uh... Starts with a C. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's chaos something something. Something or yeah, other. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I also noticed was uh, down... If you look towards the Empire and towards uh, the Middle Mountains and stuff, you can see where they've started to fill in beast skulls there oh yeah that looks like it's it's gonna have some some beastman representation as well and i I, i've been i've been quite critical here but i do really love this map i i they had better and i i will i will come for them if they don't (laughs) when whenever they release whatever limited edition box that they're gonna start this game with if it doesn't come with a poster that is this map fully realized I'm of the old world to, yeah yeah i will i'll come for them i'm actually you warm. know what nathan i'm gonna be with you with a pitchfork yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah because yeah. It's, it's gorgeous it is it is it's the a, nicest amazing. map of the old world that i think yeah. it's we've so seen beautiful yeah. yeah 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 sorry i am i am really going off on a on I'm various glad. tangents no, this here. is exciting this... i'm glad you are yeah the, you're just falling for gw's shenanigans <laughs> yeah it's no and i i know it i know it yeah. like I, here's the thing if I didn't care, I couldn't get the work this worked out. So, exactly, yeah. And and sure. they should be happy that I do care and that I, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this company on an average day, but they have some extraordinarily tremendous talent working for them. 
and there is yeah. so much potential for this, which is yeah. why I don't want to see it go wrong. Well, it's our baby. Yeah, it's all of us, right? All of yeah. us. We want to, you know, we want to yeah. continue playing this game. We want to continue collecting this game. We we're we're gonna do it anyway, but ha- not having to go like on eBay and go, oh my god, I need that model. It's costing <laughs> me triple the amount it would be, in there. you know, exactly. I'm a little tired of um of the. Sh- scheming behind the old uh, models um but yeah what uh what caught your guys eye on the on this map because there's a there's a lot here to take in was there anything that uh yeah the orc i mean look at all those orc skulls symbols Mm -hmm. like wow that's exciting there's so much to talk about but i wonder how they're gonna do the orc models Mm -hmm. how they're gonna they're my guess would be probably similar to the older version but maybe a nice cleaner cleaner look and not cleaner as in like hey the orcs are clean but more of um some of their arms wouldn't go glue on very well sometimes with the banners and all that stuff mm-hmm. but generally they're good uh even the old ones but maybe something cool like that i'm really interested too in unit commands i'm really excited to see what symbol like they're going to have classic symbols but how are they going to do the banners and in the sprues and how are they going to look uh i'm really excited to see the models yeah, yeah, and I we'll we'll hit on the the models when when we get to the scale thing. I think uh, more so yeah. because that I think is going to be a really interesting, a really yeah. interesting direction. I think that, exactly. that they'll yeah. take or, or not take there. On uh, the top, GJ, oh sorry, oh go ahead. sorry, yeah, no, real quick. Well, on the top right of mm-hmm. that map, there's a skull. Yes, is, is that undead or is that some uh, another Kislev uh, symbol? You know what? I think that's Chaos Dwarfs. Chaos dwarfs so is what I was would be. Guessing. Oh, because of the pointy head. The pointy. It's <laughs> yeah. the the pointy skull. I mean, half of the factions have a skull in some way, Ooh. shape, or form. But that would wow. that would be pretty consistent with or where the chaos dwarfs are traditionally. Okay, cool. Uh, because they're both up in these Azorna skull region, where where Kislev is here, but then they're also down in. Tsar Nagrund, their their large city. So they've kind of got like this this almost axis thing going through the Badlands mm-hmm. where you'll find Chaos Dwarfs. And that would be my guess for it because it's yeah. it's very near. And this is one of the things that makes me think I, I, I'm going to have to cop to being really off base on a lot of my original speculation here. Because I don't know now how limited this game is going to be <laughs> right. it's, it was called warhammer the old world i thought we, we would start off very limited like the way that the agree, horus yeah. heresy did with yeah. a box that was two empire forces i really did now i think that's very unlikely i think i was wrong about that and uh yeah we'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit more but um before we leave the map here gj uh was there anything that uh, that really stands out to you or something that makes you kind of excited well, one thing that um, that caught my eye is something that you already mentioned: uh, the Norse dwarfs. They, uh, I believe, they were already colored in in the map, uh, the previous version of this map. But just having them sort of acknowledged here, back in the world, mm-hmm. uh, that's something they they've been around in, I believe, third edition, and then sort of dropped out of the game. Yeah, yeah, they're they're one of those ones that. Almost a little bit like Kislev, but to an even yeah. more minor degree, where they're they're there, and you know they're there in in some form or another, but yeah, they're but never they represented. Got any any rules or representation? Yeah. Indeed, yeah, yeah. That and and the 
a large focus they put on Kislev uh, because remember when we were doing this um, this discussion about the previous news item that dropped Nathan, uh, which was right after that whole release where they uh, where they hyped it this big uh, uh, week of releases and something incredible was going to drop on the Saturday and we we weren't allowed <laughs> to know what it was yet and then it turned out to be. Age of Sigmar, 3rd edition. And then right after that, they uh, dropped a bit of old world news, which was that basically every Kislev unit you saw being being made for Total War Warhammer 3 was also going to be represented in uh, the old world. When you think back about that, uh, Kislev is actually... Well, we we have the map, we have uh, the Empire filled in, we have Bretonia filled in, we have this... Um, big stag-like shield over Lauren Forest. Oh man! Um, we have some orcs uh, and and, and beastmen symbols, but not really any clan names or anything. But Kislev is getting such a lot of attention that I'm actually starting to think that maybe Kislev will be one of the first armies to be released. I agree. Uh, maybe even in starter set. Probably, I agree. Yeah. I would put money on it now. I I, yeah. I think I was way off base with the Empire thing. I think Kislev gets... They've gotten so much focus. Of the very limited focus that this yeah. game has gotten, they have yeah. gotten the most by a yeah, huge definitely. margin. Nathan, I think you're I think all I'm, uh, 100% yeah. correct. I think Jobby has also realized that uh, those factions that weren't in the game or that weren't in the game for a long time, like uh, Bretonians and Kislev, uh, they are chaos dwarfs. Uh, they they get a lot of love from the fans, and when you think about uh, expensive models on the secondhand market, it's Bretonians, uh, <laughs> Kislev, chaos dwarfs, uh, chaos, yeah. chaos dwarf head and shoulders, and uh, tomb kings. Yeah, and those are actually all armies that have been around not for a very long time. Well, tomb kings probably the longest of those. So. I think that those armies will definitely be getting some attention in the old world, and and the focus they put on Kislev in this release and in previous releases basically confirms that for me. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. And you called a lot of this, GJ, originally, well, because I I, I was I was very skeptical, and you were like, no, this is going to be a game that's going to they're going to target it towards people who who played Warhammer. There, it's going to be same scale like same bases and it seems like you were pretty prescient about all of this like <laughs> this 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 release was everything i had hoped it to be that's it you were i was gonna yeah. say you were the the optimist and this they games workshop basically sat down wrote this article to tell you that you were right <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i, think I mean I'm, I'm quite impressed and and you can do a victory lap on this one because i was i was wrong oh, yeah, on I pretty much all did, counts yeah <laughs> all counts there here's a, a question to kind of follow up from from your statement here because i i think you are absolutely on the right track when you say kislev as the starter who goes in with them assuming a, a two-player battle box which i think is a, a safe assumption games workshop does that for yeah. pretty much every game i was dreading that question <laughs> it's probably yeah, gonna be chaos towards yeah that's that's what what i was going to say as well uh when you think Gislev, they've been holding out against chaos mm-hmm. 
I don't think they will put in two of those minority armies. I don't think it will be Kislev yeah. versus Chaos Dwarfs. That would probably be too much to hope for. What? Yeah. How badly would we, as the community, and I'm, I'm talking about the royal we here, the, the old Warhammer community, lose our minds if Kislev and Chaos Dwarves were the starter box that restarted Warhammer, basically? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I the most? I think if GW did that, then uh, they had better be prepared to not make it a limited run. They better make enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, what do you or, think? Because everybody's going to get at least three of those. Yeah. What do you think about Kislev and Chaos, but including Chaos Dwarves in the Chaos? Oh. Oh, maybe like a mixed cool. Chaos yeah. force. Yeah. I would almost yeah. like that more. I yeah. love mixed Chaos. Yeah, I think it's definitely. the coolest thing. The game that I played last night, I was so excited because I was able to field Beastmen, Imperial Guard, and uh, Chaos Space Marines in the That's same awesome. force, and it That's made so such cool. a cool army. Yeah, I love mixed chaos because it harkens back to that third ed, like that truly chaotic, like you don't know oh, what's yeah. going to march down from the north right. uh, force. I like it. My my, and and now I, this is just me going off the information we have, which we know is incomplete. Chaos hasn't gotten that same kind of treatment so bretonia no, the wood not. elves kislev you you've got these kind of these big markers on the map right that that show you yeah. how the the nations of men and, and elves and things are, are divided and then you have kind of the minor bits that that show you where the orc tribes are that show you now where we've got some chaos dwarves we've got obviously uh some chaos war bands or or settlements in the north we've got the yeah. norse dwarves but they're they're not played up to the same level, and no, I don't know yet. if that means anything. I don't know if that means that these are these are things that we should expect to come after that they they do these they fill in these these big parts of the map. But it would be odd to me to have Kislev in the starter, which I'm I'm almost a hundred percent convinced of at this point, and have like Empire or something like that. I, I no, I, I think yeah, that seems will, weird, will... right? Yeah, you want basically like a good versus evil mm-hmm. starter we, set. On the original episode, Nathan, you and I talked because we didn't know. We thought it was going to be more limited than this. Very, um, very much we, so. Yeah, we had talked about this. The box set. We thought it might be two empire forces. Yeah, they'd be I, I loved that idea. I thought that yeah. was. I yeah. thought that was a slam dunk because uh, you could buy it yourself, make a big army. You could split it with a friend. All the models would work together. It was. It was going to be the Horus Heresy, but right. Warhammer Fantasy. That's yeah. really what I thought, and that was kind of the way they they were talking about it, right? It, it, yeah, that, that's in how that it felt. historical yeah. sense. And I, I thought, why do the time of three emperors if you're but not that... going to really focus on the Empire Civil that's War? It. And now we have this massively am- more ambitious project <laughs> than we thought was yeah. coming. Like, look, Sylvania is not even put on the map yet. Yeah, yeah, we don't even know. We don't even know. Like, anything. we know where yeah. we know where it is. But it's not labeled, and there's no symbols of vampire. But I mean, wow! Like this is an ambitious project. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it very yeah, clearly is. And speaking, speaking of the starter set, uh, and and you mentioned orcs, Nathan. Uh, there's a lot of orc skull symbols in those world's edge mountains uh, next to Gislev. So the, I also wouldn't be surprised if you have Gislev versus orcs. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can you can put that in my veins as well. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I would I would yeah. be so pleased with that. Why I thought orcs might not come at the very beginning is because I figured 
they would wait until whatever Bretonia project that they're doing. Because I thought what we would have is the Bretonian errantry war to drive the orcs out of Bretonia and have it as like a campaign box or even a campaign book. Because again, I was working off this assumption that we were going to see something like the Horus Heresy, where armies yeah. and factions would be introduced through campaign books, and you would have this very historical bent to it. And now I'm just not sure. I, I really, yeah. like, we could see army books again, which well, I didn't think we were going to see. One of the things they did mention in this update was that we were going to be able to play with our old armies. Mm -hmm. So I think they would definitely do something like a, a Ravening Hordes style book. And I hope something that's free for download or included in the uh, in the starter box. Uh, because <laughs> they, they, they do want us to... Uh, play our old armies, or at least they, That's they a good will point. allow us. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll need stats for those, and we need rules for that. Here's, I, a, que here's yeah. a question for you guys. Do we get a third Ravening Hordes? This I is would a, love it. This is a game that, that's looked back at its history, and, and is very clearly doing that. Ravening Hordes was kind of era-defining armyless. It was the transition between Hero Hammer and the kind of late era, and it was the second edition. I mean, in second edition, it was the army list. Like, that was where you yeah. went. Oh, Can you I... see something like that either coming in the... I, I Maybe not in the starter set, because I don't think Games Workshop would be that kind to us. But coming around the same time, maybe after the first month, right? So you, you, get every, you get everyone hyped. You give them the first two armies to play with. And you tell them, hey, in a month's time, we're going to release Ravening Hordes. It is the get-you-by army list for all of your old old world factions. Some of them might just get a Ravening yeah. Hordes book. So like they gonna... like Tombs Kings, right? Right. Because maybe we're just still focusing on the old world and the yeah. surroundings. And maybe Lizardmen, same deal. They just get Ravening Hordes for now. But hey, you get all of these other things and eventually we're going to update Bretonia, eventually we're going to update the dwarfs. But so for now, GW play has with a, these. GW has a strict kind of like a a formula now. And I think they'll follow it. You're going to get free rules right away. You're, the Ravening Hordes will probably happen immediately before you even get models in your hands. Uh, it happened with all their games right now. So, for example, AOS 3rd Edition. So, the rules for AOS 3rd Edition were released. You could find the rules for each individual um, unit online for mm -hmm. free. So, I think you're going to see... It's not everything's going to be free. But I really think that Ravening Horde drop will happen right away. That would be good. I could also see them doing some, some, something like when Age of Sigmar launched. Do you remember those uh, big compendium books that yep. came out around that? It was a Grand Alliance yep. Order, Grand Alliance Chaos, that kind of thing. I could see something like that as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And yeah, as long as they're cheaply priced. like I, I wasn't even into Age of Sigmar. I still picked up those books because they were dirt cheap. And yep. I was just like, oh, like if, if I ever want to try this out, at least I've got all the, you know, yeah. all the little rules and stuff. That's a good call, too. And yeah, so I could see something like that. I could see it being free online. I could see it also playing into their whole Warhammer Plus and like the new app for for 40k and Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I, I don't their know. Thing is pushing models, and to push the models, they're gonna need to release the armies like rules somehow right away. Yeah. Mm. However, here's the other thing though that that might be a counterpoint to that. A lot of these armies don't have models anymore right so for example the high elf range is 
almost entirely gone. And they were a, they were a pretty new range uh, in, you know, as far as back in, in 8th edition. They had a lot of really up, good updated kits that oh, just so, are no longer available. So Assuming they kept those molds, maybe yeah. that changes. <laughs> I just think yeah, that, there's that's... a warehouse right now with full of 20 mil bases. That's why they're... They, <laughs> they still have like thousands and thousands of these bases. So they're like, of course we're going to keep it on square bases. We have to use these bases. Scott, that's the the perfect segue because we, we should move on from the map because somehow we're an hour in and <laughs> we've hit the yeah. first thing. You told me this was going to happen and I, I wasn't. Yeah. I, I don't know why I never learn. It, it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's let's talk about bases here. So this is the, the first thing that they mention after the they show us the, the cool map. Uh, so they say bases square around definitely square warhammer the old world is a reinvention of the classic rank and file game of warhammer fantasy battles i mean that warms the heart a little bit just them saying that regiments move in ranked up units and strategic maneuvering into position to launch or receive a critical charge will be as much a key part of the game as it ever was so gentlemen uh this is pretty cut and dry however i have a question for you and uh, this is this is a grumpy Nathan thought, but I do think it is it, it is something that could become an issue, and it ties in with the next thing about scale. Do we get larger square bases? Do they move things like say Chaos Warriors, Black Orcs, the big boys? Are they on 28, 32 millimeter squares? Is this something where they're going to want us to, if we have old armies, rebase? our armies because i mean that's classic games workshop is now do you know how easy it is to put a 20 mil on top of a 25 mil yeah yeah no that's i mean that's that's a fair point uh and and i guess that would probably help with the the the, my my next point on scale but i just yeah i suppose as long as everything's getting a little bit bigger that's not an issue Oh, yeah, skill creep, skill creep has been a thing uh, even when it was all still square bases mm-hmm. long before Age of Sigmar. Yeah. So those, uh, if you look at the the eighth edition plastic orc war boys and you put them next to the fourth edition ones, then those fourth edition ones they look really small and cute. Yeah. And the <laughs> they sure do. Ones are uh, very big and bulky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so skill creep, I'm. It has been a thing, but I don't think it will affect the size of the bases too much. Um, because, well, for one thing, you have those uh, standard 25 and and 20 mil bases and those standard cavalry bases. And they work. Uh, I don't think that you will actually need new bases to... To mm. make this game, and and those bases, yeah. they are th- those sizes are pretty universal. They're also used in other war games. That, and, but and, uh, th- that's one of the things that almost makes me think they will move to a different move. base that size. That might might be a case. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, if they do, uh, even if they do, yeah. you and I, we uh, we can play the game with our current armies as based as is, as long as your bases are the same as my bases. So we can play with our existing armies as it doesn't matter the size of the base. Mm-hmm. That's right? also true. Yeah. I mean, that, that but, does... but I think they might change a few things. Yeah. What I'm worried about, and, and I, I've, I've come to the, the conclusion, and this might be a wrong conclusion, but I don't think it is, that we're going to see 
a lot of dual releases between Age of Sigmar and Warhammer: The Old World. Mm, that's going to be tricky. I don't well, here's think here's so. the thing though, Scott, and and I I wouldn't think this if I hadn't seen the newest Undead range <clears throat> for Age of Sigmar, like the Blood Knights, the Fell Bats, the Skeletons to a lesser extent. All of those things fit into the old world aesthetic without any issue yeah, except for a change in base. But because things have grown so much in the past six years, and yeah, there's a big difference between third or fourth edition Warhammer Fantasy and eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy. Mm-hmm. But there's now a big difference between eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy and Age of Sigmar. And that is what makes me look at this next point when they say scale. That the scale will remain the same as it ever was. That doesn't mean anything. That's a bold-faced lie. They have never been able to keep to a consistent scale. Games Workshop is the worst company for this. They consistently grow their models year over year. I don't know when when I look at this, if, if I buy some orcs, because I would love to get some more orcs for my orc army, if they're gonna fit in or are the orc boys going to be the size of my black orcs or bigger? I just, mm-hmm. I cannot trust this company to be consistent in scale. And that really has me worried about both the scale and the basing. That you might see things like Chaos Warriors or the, the larger things that would have been on 25s have to be on these weird 32s because Games Workshop is now producing them for both Age of Sigmar and Warhammer Fantasy. And Age of Sigmar requires you to be... Uh, jumping or leaping off of tactical rocks and doing all sorts of weird flailing with your arms instead of the the beauty that is the classic ranked look. I'm so happy you said that. Take that, you rounders. <laughs> it's true. Rank it is and true. looks yeah. amazing. Like, come on. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, the, the Chaos Warriors from 6th edition are some of the peak Warhammer design in my book because they always ranked up perfectly. They always just looked so business. Like they were marching yeah. somewhere and when they got there, they were going to chop you to pieces. But they they managed to look sinister while never being a problem to rank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love that. And this is, again, yeah. this this might be early morning Nathan and I, yeah. I might have nothing to worry about, but this is what, what bugs me about this. Uh, think, how do you guys feel? Yeah, I think your, your points are valid and but i don't think worrying about it is going to matter when a you can just use your old armies and b i think we're all going to want to start fresh anyway like we're gonna sure we can mix when we want but i think there's going to be some new armies like kislev is going to be its own thing there's a new army. like who's not going to want to collect <laughs> them I think we're going to be but, impressed so much we're going to have a new line of models. Here's here's my worry, Scott. It, it's not that I can't play with my old miniatures, and it's not that I'm not going to want something of the new miniatures, because I very clearly am. It's just, it's going to happen. Uh, unless they go full over the top and, like, just over-design everything into yeah, oblivion. I'm going to want, probably at least one of these forces will speak to me. Maybe multiples, <laughs> quite frankly, depending on how well they do this. They will, yeah. What, what kind of bothers me is will i be able to play against a new army with one of my existing warhammer fantasy armies and not have it look ridiculous well because i think, of the, I think the change in scale sort of answered in this yeah. uh scale yeah, section e- exactly because um, they say, nathan's saying um, he doesn't trust that though 
that's yeah, the, and Nathan yeah. does say he doesn't trust it, but but he says uh, they they say here GW say we want people to be able to use our old armies if they wish, or start new ones, or add new miniatures to old armies, whatever mm. they want. Yeah, and that's not something that you can do if you have these very big scale differences. Yeah, I so, you're a hundred percent right, and this is this is my paranoia. This is me not trusting games workshop yeah. not to arbitrarily uh, make i am with you on this big. one nathan i am with you on this one because it could be a yeah. Couple of the, yeah the the basic well, well, the, the basic we thing do, we do know from from history that some base sizes have changed i mean the mm-hmm. fourth edition dragons came on a 40 mil base oh god and then they were put on a 50 mil base in sixth mm-hmm. and seventh edition Still, and then oh in eighth edition they got those they're, what, they're, what like 50 a, by 100 by 75 or? oh yeah i think it's a, yeah i think it's the 50, 50 by 75 yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, this, and I do expect some change here. I guess my my issue with scale and bases is that this company has been remarkably inconsistent over the years. Remember when yeah. Space Marines moved to thirty two millimeter bases in forty k? That was not announced. What they did was they just packaged the Space Marines that came in. I believe the uh, Blood Angels versus Tyranids box set in seventh edition That's with thirty two millimeter bases. Out. That's how that so many kit. people yep. found out. That's yeah. how I found out. Yep. And it was huge. And they were just like, oh, yeah, but base them however you want. But we've moved to 32s because we think they look better. And it caused an absolute uproar because, of course, the competitive community was like, okay, oh well, God. now these need to be in 32s. It was a whole thing. It was. And eventually they came out and said, oh, yeah, 32 is now the official yep. base size for these. And they've they've done that a, a number of times and it, it never sat right with me because i feel like you should be consistent in base size where bases are so important to your your system and this is something that worries me again this is speculation yeah. there might not be any problem at all they might come I out think... and they might be on 25s and 20s and they might be a proper scale that you can mix and match them i'm yeah. only sharing my misgivings because this of is things past. that that scare me <laughs> Yep. And this is stuff that I've seen them do before. Again, yep. though, if you're looking at this, if you take everything they've said at face value, this is the best we could have hoped for. And I, I want to reiterate true. that because I have been very negative this episode. I'm not a negative I don't person on negative, this show man. very I, usually. I, I honestly, I feel uh, like you're just being real, realistic. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. To me, that's realistic, not negative. Mm. Because we all complain about this company. And how can you not complain about something that we put a lot of time and love into and we love it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like we live for this stuff. So it's like, yeah. Of to, course, we're going to be disappointed. To to reiterate, the only reason that I'm so invested is because I love it. Is because yeah, I want it to succeed. Exactly. I'm not being negative for the sake of being negative. I'm being negative because no, I'm think you are. concerned. And if I wasn't, if I didn't care, I couldn't be concerned. That's a bit of self-preservation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I think the term is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nathan triggered. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just consistently by this game. But the the biggest thing to take away is that they're not going on round bases. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing to take away. We're not going from, like, all that talk online. I feel so bad for people that have rebased all their armies, hundreds and thousands of models on rounds. And now they're like, oh, my God, I have to do... I never did that. I'm not, there's no way I, I would do that. Yeah, no. So, yeah, so it's going to be squared. That gentleman that had mentioned on our group there, he was, he's also really worried about it and fair enough. But my counterpoint was it's not going on round. Whether, yeah. Whatever, whatever we get, it's not round. It was, 
it was yeah. always like GJ said earlier, it was always hinted at that they were going to be squared because that was one of their big was, release day. That like the that was their release cheeky day. release day thing, right? That like everything first. comes around again, even squares. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think that that's even a hint. I think that's just <laughs> that was just saying, them calling their shot, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah. Get, we're going to get square basis. Yeah. 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 No, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think though, that this is partially the problem that I and a lot of people have where we don't trust games yeah. workshop to, to stick to their guns for, for certain you things. You would be right? a fool if you trust GW. Yeah. But let's let's move on to something that I, I maybe the, the thing that may be the happiest in this entire release where the rules section here. Oh, yeah. Totally man. new or eighth edition. Both. We've played every single edition of Warhammer Fantasy Battles over the years. And like every player, we have our favorite bits from each. Warhammer the Old World will gather up our favorite mechanics from third to eighth edition and add new elements where needed to create something deeply familiar yet fresh and new. And again, I haven't been taking a lot of this at face value, but if this is how they're doing it and they're doing this honestly and just picking and choosing and saying, hey, this worked, this was fun from this edition, that's the best case scenario, right? Yeah. Like we couldn't ask for for better than that. (laughs) (laughs) It is, right? It is. Yeah. How do you guys... They're going to to include um, a card-based magic system again. Oh, that would be awesome. I think oh, they will. For the fifth edition. You know what? Guess I what? Love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they are because everything they do now is cards. More cards. because it sells. Mo- <laughs> it makes them money. <laughs> yeah. Here, That's actually a really good board. point, Scott. Yeah. yeah. It's just like here, cards, cards, cards. Yeah. Get more cards. That would be great. Yeah. This is, I think, the best piece of news in here for me. And what I want to know, though, is I expected them when they said, you know, we've gone back and played every. The fact that they started out calling out third edition yeah. makes me wondering what they could have been looking at in third edition. Third yeah. edition is a very different game. It's still very old Hammer era, and it has a lot of those role play elements to it. Could we get something that is a little bit more narrative focus? Could we maybe see things in that disappeared from the lore after third edition? Because there's some really cool stuff there. Doing Chaos Dwarves, you could have... Uh, Bull Centaur powered war machines like the Third Ed Chaos Dwarves had. Bazooka teams like the Third Ed Chaos Dwarves had. I want to know what they looked at Chaos uh, in Third Edition. That has my mind just yeah. whirling. They third Edition will have a blog eventually. But... Yeah, the more I the more I do for this show that I go back and dip into Third Edition, the more and more I fall in love with it. It is so flavorful, <laughs> so wonderful. And so here's my wish list. Okay. What I want from 3rd edition, the Realm of Chaos supplements. I want brand new Realm of Chaos supplements. You can give it to me in as many volumes as you like. You could do one for each god. You could do the old uh, two and two. You could do everything in one giant volume. I don't care. Give me something that gives me the amount of lore, the amount of options, the Chaos Warband creation stuff. Give me all of that and give it to me in this new game. Oh, no, that would be the end of me. That would be the end of me. Because I would just live in that book. <laughs> I, I would I live in there. That would be my home. And I would become a chaos it. spawn. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it would seep into my brain and I'd, you know, grow some some tentacles and like four extra heads. And that would be me. 
Yeah, that's... You'd just be ro- rolling up random Chaos characters and warbands <laughs> until the uh, aforementioned heat death of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> I'm already doing that with the third edition book because I've fallen so <laughs> deeply in love with it. But this is the the part of the announcement that I can't I can't be negative about because I see so much possibilities. Yeah. I see I so many gonna be, interesting... I think it's going to be lore, options. like you said. I think they'll take the lore idea. I hope so. Um, I really I do. I think so because that's where... Like, let's not let's not be silly and think Age of Sigmar didn't take rules from third, fourth, and, and Warhammer. Oh, I it's, think, yeah. Like AOS has third edition lore to rules, kind of in the idea of like the the units are really really fluffy. Their their newest army, the Orc Cruel Boys, have so many design callbacks. Yeah. To a lot of the Orc miniatures of that era, that old Hammer era, right. and. I mean, homages are one thing. I will take a good homage. I like the Cruel Boys. I don't like them enough to, like, jump into Age of Sigmar to buy them or anything. Yeah. But I think that it at least shows us that the design team is willing to take elements from those earlier eras. They haven't always been willing to do that. Sometimes, you know, it's all about looking ahead, right? What can we make that is just totally new, totally out there? But if you can give me something that is modern but still has those design elements because warhammer fantasy as much as any war uh, games workshop product has a look and a feel and they have to get that right they absolutely have to get that right for this to succeed because Mm -hmm. if you're if you're banking a game for us old guys who are who played those editions who played those eras who love them who still play them to this day if you don't get that right no it's not going to happen now, people um, might no, just buy a few miniatures and mm-hmm. then continue on with the old games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy a couple characters that look good or something, right? But you want, to, for this game to succeed, you need guys like me who don't need new armies, but want new armies yeah. because you nailed <laughs> yes, the aesthetic. Exactly. That's what you want. Yeah. You guys um, might uh, get a kick out of this, but I wrote down third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth, <laughs> not even realizing <laughs> I, mi- I missed seventh. Like it's uh, just funny. I wrote because I'm I'm writing down really quick like a quick word that I think they'll take from so third fluff, fourth percentages, fifth ed, ed cards for magic, sixth ed. This is my wish core rules, mm-hmm. and then eighth is just pre measuring. So they're probably going to do pre measuring, but I totally missed seven, and it was just my brain didn't even. I just wrote numbers down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. My yeah. brain didn't allow to go to seven. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, everyone forgets seventh. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The number between six and eight. Yeah. Six what, what is that? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that whatever they take from eighth edition isn't the craziness. That's the only thing that worries me about this because eighth yeah. edition has a lot that I did not find particularly uh, enjoyable or I thought was good rules design, but. Yeah, as long as as long as eighth edition doesn't form, I think the core. As long as they really do make something that is a true oh amalgamation of the best bits, yeah. I think we should be fine. This is important to mention. I don't know if you guys did the the quiz uh, the gentleman made on the. Um, I did actually. Yeah, great, on the great, old great, world great. Facebook page. Uh, yeah, shout out to that fella. I had an incredible amount of fun, and one of the things that was important. My, I wish I could have asterisked my answer. He, one of the questions was, would you include steadfast? 
And I was trying to like exit out just like more, you know. <laughs> how many times can I select no? Many, I did the yeah. same thing, Scott. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, how I is knew, there, I yeah. need something stronger than no. Yeah. yeah can I 100%. have a, uh, yeah, yeah. But that, that, that was a, I really hope GW looks at that. Steadfast was an incredible yeah. mistake. Yeah. Incredible mistake. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I look at it and the game design idea, it's actually a gr- good idea but they use the wrong mechanic, like the extra rank and five and blah, blah, blah. It's just, they use the wrong mechanic because it set the stage for everything after. And it just, you get bogged down with this yeah. one rule. It's so weird. They like, people have, people have blind, are blinded by steadfast. Yeah. Got to have steadfast. Got to have steadfast. No, no why? you don't want you steadfast. Don't. You don't want steadfast. It takes away from the game. Yeah. Games Workshop hasn't been able to do a leadership mechanic properly since sixth edition Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, I swear to God, yeah. there. I've played every 40k edition. I haven't played ninth, or I have played ninth at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very sparingly eighth and ninth, but I've played every 40k edition from uh, second edition to the to the modern era. Leadership is done terribly in most 40k editions, and especially the later ones, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. You might as well not even have it, uh, and and ninth as well for the most part. Yeah. And Warhammer 8th edition was the same way. The same way. You I'm you worried. had these huge grind fests in the middle of the table because no one broke. No one broke. Because yeah. of stuff I'm like steadfast. Worried. I'm actually worried because so many people still use steadfast. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why people like steadfast. It's it's weird because it gives you a false sense of security. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I there need this seems to, to not be... break and run away. Yeah, there seems to be a real dislike of leadership mechanics amongst some of the player base yeah and i don't know why because leadership mechanics should inform more of the game than straight casualties do if you're trying to make something that is the simulacrum of an actual battle nobody fights to the bitter end almost nobody crazy people did they but any any units that have immune to psychology it's almost like the units that became immune to psychology are they're not even they might as well not even be immune to psychology yeah or or unbreakable or whatever because it's steadfast anyway so yeah it takes away eighth edition took away from a lot of the fluff of the units it did mm-hmm. and then like well hatred. With the whole fear and terror yeah like why would you need hatred when you can re-roll always strike first miss you know yeah the, yeah so many rules were were mundane yeah i uh, think not mundane uh, redundant redundant yeah. Yeah. yeah to to make something that is and I, again, realism is a term we can we can throw around if we want to. Right, Obviously, exactly. we're talking about fantasy rules for a fantasy game. Yeah. But it seemed to me so much more realistic that an army would break yeah. and, and flee the field rather than fight right. to almost the last man, usually. And this is why 6th edition wins my heart mm-hmm. because of that. It's like you could run away at any moment yeah sixth edition is brutal to you for leadership and i yeah. love it because of that like yeah you know do it to me harder right like i, I yeah, make yeah. me suffer this leadership yeah. because it is it's so it's so much more enthralling to me than just a bunch of guys standing around whacking each other for five yeah. turns right i love oh. that that back and forth of battle lines where things flee something might rally and turn around you know it's there's yeah. so much more dynamic dynamic no it's it's much more interesting. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have I always had trouble saying that word as yeah. well. Um, well yeah. Well, so when, when I was a kid and I was like playing with uh, toy soldiers or Lego or stuff like that, 
you always fought your battles until the last one died. And then I started playing Warhammer and I was just taken aback by how, and this was Warhammer 6th edition was, was when I started. I was just taken aback by how psychology actually played a role it's on amazing. Battlefield. It, me too, and man. I was blown away. It's, it's uh, for, for want of a better word, it does add to that level of realism. So I do hope so what that you're they saying is, make psychology a bit more yeah. um, prevalent than it was in 8th edition. So what you're <clears> saying is anybody that likes grind fests is a child. <laughs> yes, that, well, is, that is what GJ is saying. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's, that's no, not lot, what I'm saying, people, but, no, but no. I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, come on. I, I, everybody loves a good grind fest. Uh, you can at, have the grind fest if life. you pass yeah. that leadership test. <laughs> like That's what makes it more exciting. If it imagine, is. Yeah. Imagine yeah. passing all your leadership tests and how you're going to feel like, yeah. Oof, I just made it. Like, those those times yeah. in uh, fourth to sixth edition where your unit miraculously fights to the last man. Yeah, that's special. That feels that is, exactly. it feels it like. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it throws a wrench in your opponent's plan. Right. Where you're just like, ha ha, you know, my my uh, my spearmen are going to are going to hold you up a, a turn longer or something like that. And it, it makes it more enjoyable when yeah. it's not happening five times a game yeah. right it's because you're everyone's the underdog or has a chance to be an underdog mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like your massive army's running yeah. the other way and now you're the underdog yeah. so okay i gotta rally and take try to get this back i i'm glad you put the underdog caveat on it and i i want to if i can take a quick aside because i i think it i think it speaks to what we're talking about here in, in terms of steadfast and units always you know or, or seemingly always holding and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i'm a big hockey fan and i shouldn't be because it's very abusive to me because my team sucks but are you toronto you're toronto yeah 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 no i know (laughs) dude i long suffering all right well i'm an edmonton fan so that's okay oh man you're you're right there with me (laughs) uh go sports (laughs) (laughs) so one of the issues that the national hockey league which is the biggest hockey league in north america has had over the past few years is that you get almost every year some team makes this wild underdog run to the to the finals or close to it and the issue with this is that because teams are doing it almost every year there's nothing special about it anymore right there's nothing <laughs> special about that underdog run and yeah. the reason why this is happening is because the playoffs and the the Stanley Cup championship are refereed very differently than the yeah. regular season. It's a big problem that the league is having. They're called differently. So different styles of teams who don't play well in the regular season, if they scrape into the playoffs, suddenly they're a really good playoff team. And shootouts have changed things. And yeah, the way that the game is played in the playoffs is very different than the way it is played in the regular season. What this means is that you have teams that aren't built for success in the regular season going on these long crazy runs and appearing as though they're they're going on this magical cinderella underdog run where really it's just that they were built for this style of hockey as opposed to totally the regular season hockey i agree yeah but what it's done is it's changed these these runs that we remember from childhood as a sports fan you're just like oh man so in 1991 the minnesota north stars went on this incredible run to the stanley cup finals before they got absolutely destroyed by the powerhouse pittsburgh penguins but 
it's still like it's still things that people have good memories of my own team the toronto maple leafs had a, a great run in 1993 they didn't quite get to the stanley cup finals but they got within a game of it uh it's still like that team is legendary you know where i grew up and the way that this becomes a problem is if it's happening all the time if these heroic last stands are constant they're not worth talking about anymore they're not yeah they're not interesting these these cup runs by these underdog teams are interesting because they're happening all the time because the game is fundamentally broken and it's the same thing in warhammer i love talking about old warhammer games where improbable things happen yeah i i love it, it it's so cool and but it's only cool because they're so improbable because they only happen yeah. to you one time and that's the issue that i have if you try to make these heroic last stands happen in every game or any other mechanic choose yeah. anything at all and you you overdo it it becomes ho-hum it becomes nothing again and that's i i guess a part of my problem with with that well, eighth edition era and eighth was the ultimate doom of warhammer yeah yeah you know, I, it, was, it was the, the i blame you know, eighth for you, a lot of the the issues oh, here uh, you need double the models yeah and now you're going to grind and grind away with the moments from eighth edition don't compare mm -hmm. to the older editions yeah no that's true yeah so the the last ones we can kind of i think we can get through pretty quickly here the next one is factions orcs or orcs uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. They were called orcs in the old world, so that's what they're called here. This is what we expected. If they had it, tried it's, it's, to do that, it would there would have been just that did warm my heart because I was like thinking they're not gonna they're gonna do something dumb, but yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Happy. No, uh, th there was no way they were going to do something like that because they had already released um, King Luwin Orc Slayer, and mm. it was right. called King Luwin right. Orc Slayer. <laughs> that's a good point, and. I think that's a bridge too far even for Games Workshop. Even if they wanted yeah. to, I don't yeah. think they're... Yeah. I, I oh, don't think they have as poor judgment as, as to do something like that. Think about uh, who this game is going to be marketed for. It's going to be us old players, the ones that have been playing Warhammer for maybe 20-odd years and were all uh, devastated when the old world exploded. And it's going to be the uh, Total War Warhammer players. And... If you don't play Age of Sigmar, you don't know what an orc is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, man, good point. Man, there's a lot of new players that I love to see this online. And we, in our small area of the world, has we've gained players into this, you know, Orchard Edition and Sixth Ed, what we're playing, that have never played before mm -hmm. back in the day. And that that's, that's like really, really heartwarming experience to see somebody... Like, uh, Andrew in our group now, he's like, I couldn't play this as a kid. I'm living out my childhood again here, playing my high elf, like the high elves that he collected. And I mean, that's something you all, yeah. you want everyone yeah. to see. And, uh, now coming into the old world, it might be, you know, he's, these people are playing the old edition now and they're going to mm -hmm. be able to like get a taste of how it's good how we how us old fogies feel it it yeah. really does I, I like that you say warm your heart because it really does yeah. make me feel good and i this is this is my setting and by that i mean this is a setting i love over all other fictional settings this Absolutely. is this is where my mind lives when it's yep. just playing around right when i'm daydreaming when i'm i'm just thinking about nothing i'm usually thinking about warhammer and yeah, I want, people, I want people to do that. I want people to do that in 2080, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I want people to, to, to still be having fun with this setting. 
because it's a it's a beautiful setting. It really it is. is. Yeah. Uh, the Games Workshop really made they took they they did what they did with Warhammer 40k, but I think they did it better in Warhammer Fantasy because I'm hugely biased. What they did was they took a bunch of tropes, a bunch of very generic things, and they threw it all together and they shook it all up and it came out to something that is very recognizable if you're into fantasy, but also so unique. And it it bears repeating a million times that this setting is is worth revisiting in as many iterations as we can get. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, setting. What about the world's ending? We've talked about this on the show before. We know when it's set. We know it's several hundred years before the end times. It's it's not a. This isn't anything new. And we want our handsome Vlad. Not yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they Vlad, hit you please. with bases. Are you sure they're going to be square? Yes, that's that's just a throwaway thing. So they could pad out the article a little bit. Uh, finally, we have release date. We don't have a release date. There's they're still not telling us anything on this. I'm sure they don't know yet. No. Uh, like we said before, COVID. I'm sure oh. delayed things. They're being very very coy with this game, and uh, yeah, that's that's the article. You, you said I'm sure they don't know, but uh, I've been listening to some interviews with uh, GW employees or ex-GW employees, and they've actually had stuff like the end times uh, planned out well in advance. Oh, yeah. They, oh, I'm... They, they have like an eight-year plan that they are sticking to. So uh, they knew back in uh, 04 when Storm of Chaos was released, they knew that they were going to end the world. Uh, they didn't know exactly when, I think. But uh, that's something that struck me when I leafed through the Storm of yeah. Chaos book the other day. It does actually have a uh, a little header saying uh, Lord of the End Times, which is one of Archaeon's titles. Mm. Yeah. And it was already mentioned in 04 in Storm of Chaos book. So I think they will know when or, or which year this will drop. They will, they will have it planned. Maybe they Maybe. Have, have problem sticking to that planning. That's yeah, another I think thing, you're right. Yeah. I think they, they know when, when they what they are aiming for. That's yeah, a good so point. This is, this is a company that relentlessly plans things. Yeah. Like years and years out, like you say. I, it surprises me to think that that was something that was thought of all the way back in 6th edition. That's that's a little wild to me. Because, of course, we didn't have the issues that we had with Warhammer Fantasy and the, the selling problems that, that it had. I know since probably at least the mid-90s, it's been second fiddle to Warhammer 40k in terms of popularity. Games Workshop got lightning in a bottle with Space Marines, and then Space Marines became the the thing. Yeah. And I, I do, I, I believe you when you when you say that. It's just it seems completely alien to me that you would think about the end of a popular setting eight nine years in advance. There, just completely wild. Well, this is something that I had heard, and that somebody uh, somebody mentioned. I, I don't know uh, which interview it was who had mentioned it back in the, back then. <laughs> so in, I, in I can't uh, yeah. quote my source on this. Yeah. But uh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, my and I guess this this goes back to my my very first point when we started the episode. For a company that plans so ridiculously far in advance, <laughs> they could they could 
if they wanted to, they could do a better job. They could yeah. do a better you better job with their customer relations. Like I, I'm sticking with they planned to make Nathan upset. <laughs> like I'm sticking with that. You know what? You know, I believe yeah. it. I believe it. I think that's that's it. That's the canon. Is they they're doing this to spite me. Yeah, 100%. They, they listen to our podcast and they know they do. that you get upset and then they like upset Nathan. And yeah, they don't they're like they're playing GTA, this in the boardroom so they, right now. They, they're, they're laughing. Everything. They're... Uh, <laughs> They secretly hired me. Yeah. They secretly hired me to try and recruit you. If you remember me saying, uh, "Scott's a plant." <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that goes to show how far in advance GW thinks. Because how long do you and Scott know each other now? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It was it was the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he scouted me out. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been interesting. I mean. I, I have so much more I want to say, but we've gone over an hour and a half on like one on an article that is tiny. So I think we can safely say that we have uh, we have done this maybe to death here. We're going to do more on the old world. I, I, it was always my intention to do more on the old world. As you can tell, I have a lot of opinions on it and I, I do want to talk about it more as, as things go on. Hopefully this is the first of, of many updates. We won't hold our breath because... The updates have not been thick and fast for this game, but whenever we find them, we're, we'll yeah. talk about them. It's probably a podcast every update, right? Like, at least. <laughs> if it's big enough, right? Yeah. If there's enough to, yeah. to talk about here. I do have a game for us here, oh, if nice. you guys still have uh, yeah. a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So this is just a short game, and it's a little bit of a quiz, and we're going to quiz you guys today on Games Workshop itself, the company. Cool. So this is called Classic G-Dub or Giant Flub. <laughs> so the way this game is going to work is I have four Both. questions <laughs> that are uh, some of G-Dub's greatest hits and some of their greatest misses. And you're going to take turn answering questions. There are four of each plus a tiebreaker. And the way this is going to work is whoever starts first can choose a classic G-Dub moment or a giant flub moment to answer a question about. Nice. And I honestly, I don't know who, do we remember who won the last game uh, between you two? I don't remember. We can I don't roll remember a, either. Roll the dice, I guess. Yeah, we, we can roll off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some dice here. Yeah, so, uh, here yeah, roll a d6 or sure. and, uh, see see what who comes out on top for a B. All right, here we go. It's a four. And a three. Okay. All right. So. GJ, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, would you prefer a classic G-Dub moment or a giant flub moment? I will take the classic G-Dub because I'm an optimist. Okay. So, question number one, classic G-Dub. Released in 2009 in limited quantities, this third iteration of a classic Games Workshop game is beloved for its rules and miniatures. Ooh, um, 2009. So, yeah, and this... Was it Blood Bowl? Oh, was I'm... Was it later, third edition? So, yeah, no, that came later. out later, yeah. Yeah, what we were looking for for that one was Space Hulk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of kicked off Games Workshop's box game era yeah, and, and uh, yeah. sold really well. All right, Scott, classic G-Dub or Giant Flub? I'm going to pick Giant Flub because I'm a realist. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. Question number one for Giant Flub. 
Released in 2011 in limited quantities, this pseudo-reimagining of a classic Games Workshop game was a total flop with fans, leading to unsold product sometimes sitting for years at a time. Dreadfleet. Ah, it was Dreadfleet, yes. yes. Yeah. I don't know why, because I actually played a game of it the other night, and it, it was pretty fun. I'm going to tell you why, because people were obsessed with Steadfast. <laughs> i'm not even joking like oh in a God. nutshell in a nutshell that's true everyone was like working too goddamn hard making their armies and building their armies like oh we need 150 miniatures now oh my god i get so much they they yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm sticking by that all right uh gj give uh, me a flub as well give you the next flub all right so the next flub on our list in 2013 Games Workshop made a lot of people angry when they tried to sue an author over her use of what name? They lost as the name had been in use from around 1932 onwards. Ooh. So this yeah. is a famous I, Games I, Workshop lawsuit. I yeah, I do remember it vaguely, oh, but... Oh my god, what is that? This is not an uncommon term for Games Workshop. Like, right. this is not something that you're no. unfamiliar with. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I have heard about it, but I, I just can't think of what what the actual term is that they had the lawsuit over no sorry i i, I just don't know i'm uh yeah i i, I can't remember it uh, i i'm gonna have to uh have to pause on this so my wife came in to tell me that she knew the answer to this one apparently she's been <laughs> listening to me too much nice oh nice. cool then let her answer it for me <laughs> All right. Oh, she's she's gone back to work now. So, uh, do you have a guess? Do I have a guess? Um, no, not even a guess. Not even a guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, we didn't say there was stealing in this game, but um, Scott, do you want to give it okay. a guess? I can't give you the points for it, but do you want to? No, no. Um, I thought it had something to do with elves, but suit. Um, it was. Let's see. Yeah. No, I can't remember either. I'm gonna say elves. Yeah. No, no. So you guys, uh, it, we have too much fantasy on the brain today. It was the term space marine. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The I know, biggest, right? Speaking of, what did you call them? Their golden goose or the goose yeah. egg or whatever, yeah. <laughs> golden yeah. egg or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that was during the real dark period of games workshop. There. Uh, <laughs> all right, Scott. Uh, G Dub hmm. or Giant Flub? Let's go G Dub now. Okay. So, ooh, I think this is a good one for you. Uh, question number two. 2004's classic Dawn of War introduced the Warhammer 40k universe to a generation of PC gamers. It was successful enough to warrant three expansions. Please name two of them. Okay, so we have the Dark Crusade. Oh, no, I don't remember the other one. It was, uh, I know what was in it. <laughs> the Sisters in the Dark. Oh, what was that called? Yeah. You're thinking oh, of the right no. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, let's go with the one that I do remember, Winter Assault. Winter Assault, yeah. yeah. So Winter Assault was the first one that came out, then Dark Crusade, and then finally Soulstorm was what you were Soul looking Storm. for at the end Soulstorm, there. Soulstorm, yeah. 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 All right. I should have this game somewhere, but it's been such a long time that I played them that mm -hmm. I yeah. couldn't I mean, have answered this question. <clears throat> you go back, and, and I, I played them in the last couple of years, just, just re-downloaded it, and, and uh, man, they're so good. They still hold up. Super oh, fun. Yeah, they do. Super, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, GJ. So, so if I'm getting this right, I need to answer both of these questions correct, and Scott needs to 
not get, get his questions yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even reach a tiebreaker oh I'm doing great with this quiz. <laughs> uh, give me another flub flub alright the third edition of this formerly popular Games Workshop game in 1997 was so poorly received by fans due to oversimplification of the game's mechanics that the company pulled stocks from shelves less than a year into the new edition this was I'm a big game for Games Workshop. Thinking that's Warhammer 40k. Oh, oh, you're so close. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. What is it then? It was so the third edition of 40k came out in 1998. It was it was preceded by the third edition of Epic 40k. Yeah. Epic in 1997, oh, no. I... and it just it bombed so poorly that uh, yeah that it uh, it yeah. was pulled. Less than this a year into its launch. shows my knowledge of anything to do with 40k. Yeah. Or the, at least my lack thereof. Yeah. The sad part about that was, until that point, Epic was kind of Games Workshop's third big game. Yeah. And yeah. it was sold in Games Workshop stores. Like, it had its own, you know, racks and stuff. And it was uh, it was quite a popular game. And they just, uh, they really did poorly on it. And, and it wasn't even a, a problem of like they put new game designers around it. It was like Andy Chambers and one of the other big names, and they just uh, they just oversimplified it too much. Hmm. Yeah, people are still salty about it today. <laughs> hmm. All right, Scott. Uh, if you guys feel like uh, you you technically oh, yeah. will take this let's, one, but if you guys feel like questions. finishing this no, off, no, no, let's continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got uh, two more in the classic G dubs and one more giant flub. I'll try the classic. Okay. G-dub. Yeah. So. Number three for the classic, founded in 1997, Black Library has been extraordinarily an extraordinary success for Games Workshop, publishing acclaimed series like Gotrek and Felix, Gaunt's Ghosts, and a couple of novels about the Horus Heresy. They were created, however, for a far more niche purpose. That was publishing this Games Workshop magazine that included within comics, short stories, and features from both fantasy and 40K. So what is the name of that... Oh, magazine God. that they were pu- that they were no. created to publish. I forget the name of it. I'm gonna say I don't. I thought I don't, I don't even think this is right, but no, that's not right. <laughs> I was gonna say Warhammer Weekly. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I'll say it's not. Even, I thought Rogue Trader was before that. I'll just say Rogue Trader. No, no, yeah, far before that. Uh, GJ, do you have an idea on this one? Was was it Inferno? It was Inferno. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Inferno was was a weird little thing, and it was hard to get a get hold of as well. And so we're back on GJ. So would you like the last classic or the last flub? Uh, give me the classic. All right. Whenever Games Workshop has something to celebrate, they'll usually make a commemorative miniature or two. Name the character that is most frequently the subject of these commemorative minis. They've, and oh as God. a hint, they've been sculpted <laughs> with themes for Fantasy, 40K, and Age of Sigmar at this point. Yeah. This is a long-running White Wolf. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not even a problem. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Did you... You knew that one too, eh, Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure because there's... They've been like a lot of Space Marine stuff, so I figured I might trip you guys up on that. But yeah, no. Grombindle, yeah. no. a.k.a. the White Dwarf. The White Beard. So I believe that leaves Scott, right? With the last one? Yeah. All right, so this is the last flub. And, of course, we couldn't possibly not throw a little barb at Age of Sigmar here. 
The introduction of Age of Sigmar in 2015 was a little rough, to say the least. Players didn't seem to enjoy all the silly joke rules, the fact that the game was nothing at all like its predecessor, and the main and the many seemingly very important mechanics that were missing at launch, including this very important one that wouldn't be added in for close to a year. Uh, points. That's it. You got it. Points values. Yeah. All right. Actually, so. I uh, I played Age of Sigmar from the very beginning. Um. I haven't played, sorry, I didn't play it lately, but when it first dropped, mm. everyone had, I'm not going to swear, I'm going to swear, everyone had... <laughs> I mean, I can bleep you, it's okay. Yeah, 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 no, everyone had just a, they just were so angry, and they right. just refused to, I remember walking into the local GW looking for a game to try the new Age of Sigmar, and everyone was sitting there painting their 8th edition armies. <laughs> and I was just like, come on, let's try it. And they were just literally look face down into the paint. No. So I, I ended up playing a game with um, the manager, Dave, who's an awesome dude. And one of the other local guys. Um, and I forget his real name, but he, they call him Tilly. Maybe that's his last name. That's his nickname or whatever. Super cool guys. And I remember playing like we were trying. We had a blast just. There was no points or anything. We just threw models down. And they were in the middle of the game when they invited me to play. And uh, I was like, sure, yeah, I'll throw. So all of a sudden, my wood elf tree men were versus orcs and goblins. And what was Dave using? Yeah, Stormcast. Okay. Yeah, it was just, and then I was kind of disrupting and I fought like both armies. Oh, nice. Fought each nice other. Yeah. It, yeah. Kind mean, of like was, a neutral third force. <laughs> it's literally what they wanted AOS to be. Like, oh, mm -hmm. Here comes a, a dude with an army. We're in the middle of the game. Pfft, drop your models down and fight. Like <laughs> it was like a perfect example of Age of Sigmar. Oh, back to playing with uh, Lego knights and pirates. Man, and, uh... yeah. You know what? I I will give I will give Age of Sigmar this the the original I guess intent for Age of Sigmar when when it was released and there there wasn't points. It was just a it was a full on like create your own narrative like fight whatever looks cool there's something kind of pure and nice about that right like it yeah, it would is. never yeah. it never caught on and it was all it was always ever going to be kind of a, a niche idea of because you know we're so ingrained yeah. at this point war gamers for you know our points and our army building mechanics that i don't know there was something kind of naively sweet about the, i agree the idea I, it was i believe i strongly believe it was gw's final and last attempt at going away from tournament play mm. and it didn't work and they were like here you go now guys this is your it's they're literally saying right now this is your fault like because if you, if <laughs> you, you did read, this yeah no it's true it's yeah. it's us so <laughs> like for example the new aos third edition which i'm going to try has there's so much complaints already about it mm. i mean people are having fun with it but there's all these complaints and it's just what we're saying now is um, because it's your fault. Because <laughs> we tried to do it the nice way where you meet each other at the table and agree on, like, gentlemen. Yeah, you, you figure something people. out. You you make a scenario. and Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, Scott, congratulations. You are our champion of uh, right. G-Dub or Giant Flub. And uh, you know what? We've got the, the tiebreaker was just a, a little 
tiny sure. closest to the pin thing. So I'll give this to you. How many Games Workshop stores are there in the whole wide world? Because I was a little surprised at this Ooh, one. So. Uh, I think there are... I did see this recently. I'm going to say 118. All right, GJ. Are, are we going just Games Workshop stores or uh, uh, branded like Games Workshop? Yeah, like official stores. Yeah. All right, official stores. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to say I think it's more. So uh, thanks God for going first. I'm going to say 119. Okay. Uh, well, guys, <laughs> the the real answer, uh, I guess technically GJ would have it by Price is Right rules. Uh, Five thirty one. Five hundred and thirty one <laughs> stores worldwide. That's impressive. That's yeah, I was I yeah. was impressed as well. Yeah, yeah. I I remember back in the list of the of the White Dwarfs, it, it listed all those Games Workshop stores. My God, yeah. is there that many and, stores? And, yeah, and that's that's like twenty odd years ago. Yeah. But and think they about had it, maybe like like a couple of actual Games Workshop stores plus some independent retailers. And that's not including the independent retailers. No, it's not. No wonder they're okay. I'm not giving them a dime. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding no they yeah, got yeah. well if yeah, you've seen their their latest financials uh they're doing just fine man they talked <laughs> so. about like the pandemic actually helped them <laughs> oh yeah well yeah. they had a captive did, audience yeah. right yeah. like they had those supply yeah. issues but everything they put out just sold out i go to my local uh game store monster comic lounge and <laughs> he's like uh, uh mike is the greatest so i got all these dominion boxes but no paint. Just give me paint. <laughs> I want, I need the paint. I need the primer. And he said the same thing. He goes, uh, he's like, you know what? Every time this new release comes, I, I sell these models to people and they're like looking for the paint to paint them. And I, I, I have to tell them we don't have the paint. <laughs> oh. It's like, that's funny. Cause I usually yeah. go there for my paint. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know yeah. he's been having issues with that for the past like year or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just really funny. No, how... I, I've seen people uh, here in Europe that have been, they, they had problem getting like the, the rattle cans, like the, the Chaos yeah, Black exactly, and yeah. uh, especially the, the raid bone that you can use for the contrast paints. Dude, last year and I, I, I I've, four... se I've seen people yeah. from, uh, from like uh, Sweden that have been ordering them online from stores in Germany or in the yeah, Netherlands yeah, yeah. because yeah. They, they are willing to pay all that extra shipping just because they need their paints. Last year I bought four cans of Wraithbone uh, in one, one go because of worry. I was worried about it. <laughs> yeah. I still have a half a can. Everyone left. out there hoarding toilet paper, Scott. I know. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Obscenely priced spray, spray paint. That's, that's what he went for. Oh, it's, it's gold, Jerry. <laughs> gold <laughs> it is good stuff though i do i do like it i'm not gonna pay for the wraith bone spray i got one of the little pots of paint to try out at one point and i do like it as an undercoat all right guys what do you say yeah. we, we wrap this going, one man. off i am hungry yeah. and tired and yeah. i want some breakfast so this has actually been a great episode really good discussion uh thank you guys for kind of talking me down from my various ledges at certain points and <laughs> or, uh, or, go so, so, or, or, uh, or prodding you more yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it's it's but, fun because we ne- almost never get to talk about news and current events on this yeah, show. Exactly. And so it's yeah, it's a fun little tra- uh fun little thing to do every now and again. And uh we'll we'll keep doing them as old world news is is posted. So by 2030 or so, we'll probably have four <laughs> or five of these episodes and uh you'll get to see <laughs> my further descent into madness <laughs> or as the years uh, progress. I, I am curious, Nathan. Uh you you mentioned how you felt about this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, has this discussion changed Grumpy Nathan a little <laughs> bit towards more um, a more agreeable Nathan, or is it still? <laughs> I think so. Here's the thing: talking about Warhammer makes me happy, so I can I can start off really grumpy. But there there are some great things here, and again, taken at face value, this announcement was the best we could have hoped for. Really was. I agree. And yeah. all of my all of my misgivings, it's all the little cracks, right? That's that's what I see. I'm seeing the cracks. I'm not seeing the the shiny, you know, rest of it that they put in front of it. Because yeah. I, I just have such trust issues with this company. Yeah. But I see a this cycle. Is, a this cycle is really familiar. good for for fans of classic Warhammer. There's there's no two yeah. bones about it. Uh this is as good of an announcement as we could have hoped for. Hopefully we keep getting them and we get them at a better pace and things ramp up and, yeah. and we start seeing maybe some, some, you know, miniatures, some rumor engine stuff, you know, just the, the, the stuff that GW does yeah. for all of its other games. We, we get that. And then, yeah, great. That's, that's what I hope for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm in a pretty good mood now. Uh, yeah, if, if if I'm grumpy at all, it's because I haven't had breakfast yet. You're hungry, so. yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Same here. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for this one. We hope you've enjoyed the episode, and until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There, you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going, and enjoy extra orchard content if patreon's not your thing please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends if you'd like to get in touch you can find us on facebook at the warhammer orchard and the war games orchard or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com